But here we go. Everybody say, my mama said. I want to just share with you a few minutes today because there's some things I, w- I want to get to. But I just want to share the importance. And of course, in Judges chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Then you, Deborah, and instead of Deborah, you could put your name there. Because that's what's going to happen today. Rose up. You got up a mother in Israel. And I love the Amplified Bible. It says, until, say that with me, until, until you arose. You, Deborah, and whatever your name, you could put in the blank there, arose a mother in Israel. Now, chapter 4 says that Deborah was a prophetess. She was a judge. But when we come to the scripture here, it says that Deborah, the mother, came to save Israel. Israel had been in captivity 20 years. And God raised up a mom. She rose up. She got up. A mom came to the rescue. And after her, Israel had 40 Years of peace. How many of you know that God can do things through women? Amen, women. Amen. Now, I want you to see here, if you've got your bulletin and you're filling out the blanks, question number one, God sent a mom. Say that with me, a mom. A mom to the rescue. Look at your wife and say, honey, you're the rescuer. Hallelujah. God sent a mom to the rescue. And that's what the Lord is wanting to do. And, and I want you to see, uh, in 1980, let me tell you the story. Candy Leitner had a 13-year-old daughter named Carrie who was killed by a drunk driver. The man responsible had two previous convictions that he had never served time for before he killed Carrie. Candy, the mother, could have become critical of the injustice, but she could, and she could have let the anger eat her up alive, but she decided to arise. She formed a mad... Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And after 20 years, there is 3 million members and 600 chapters worldwide. How many of you No one will know the good that she's done, all the good that she's done, because that mother decided to arise. As you can see here, a prophetess, and if you're taking notes, a prophetess sees what others cannot see. Now, now, the gift of prophecy is to speak things unknown to man directly from the heart and the voice of God. But I'm not speaking about the gift of prophecy today. I'm speaking about the word prophet, which means seer or to see. And one of these things that all had to do in the heart of Deborah, that I want to encourage you mothers about something. A lot of times people will not understand a mother who will not give up on her child, who will not give up on her grandchild, who will not give up on her husband. Because sometimes... And any mother has an intuition and has a flow within her that is able to help her to see things that is not seen in the natural eye, but seen through the eyes of faith. Say, they have foresight. The mother has foresight and insight. And this is the definition. They say what they see. Say that with me. They say what they see. Now, as you saw here with this water boy, you know, his mama had told him so many things that in the whole show, it's always about what my mama said. You have such an impact and you can you need to say what you see. And I'm not talking about in the natural realm. I'm talking about speaking into their lives in the spirit realm. Say what you see in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse three. It says everyone who prophesies speaks to others for their strengthening. Encouragement and comfort. 
It means to build, to urge forward, and to come alongside. So I want you to be writing these in your notes. 1 Corinthians 14.3 Everyone who prophesies, write this word, speaks. Say this word with me, speaks. So I want you to know the importance of speaking to others for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. It comes alongside to to urge you forward and to move alongside of you and keep you going. Now I want you to see in Numbers 11.29, it says, that's all right, I've got one too, thank you, whoever that is. Somebody almost got jumped the other day for doing that. Numbers 11.29 says, I wish all the Lord's people were prophets. And Acts 2.17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Amen, moms. And it says that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yes, hallelujah. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And it says in verse 18, And on my men servants and on my maid servants, that includes the ladies, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Say that with me, prophesy. They shall speak. How many of you ladies ever in the car with your husband or at the home and you hear your favorite song and you say, hey, turn that song up. That's my favorite song. Or, you know, you go pump up the volume, you know, turn the volume up. I love that song. Well, listen, the Lord wants to pump up the volume in you mothers. It's time for the mothers to arise and to start speaking into the lives of their children and to their grandchildren. And I'm telling you, we're going to see some captives in the army of the Lord arise as you raise up the volume. And instead of... In the past, complaining or murmuring or speaking down, you're going to start speaking up to them and you're going to start raising them up to a new position. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to see this here. Moms see potential. Need to write that down. Because so many times we can be so negative and saying, you know, what good is he going to do? Oh, that kid's not any good. He's not there. He'll never do this. They, they, he never listens. See, I've never seen a kid who's more hard-headed. No, 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 no. You've got to stop talking that way if you have been talking that way. And you've got to see. Mothers see potential. Say that word with me. Potential. They see what could. And I'm going to share a story with you in, in just a minute. But they see the potential. And they see the hidden strengths. And they see the blind spots. Moms, I want to encourage you. You know, my wife, she counsels me. She helps me because she sees things that I cannot see. And I want to encourage you, mothers. Speak and tell them. You know, son, I see that as a blind spot. Sweetheart, daughter, uh, I don't know about that. I think that's a blind spot. And you need to speak to them and speak to their hidden strengths and, uh, and just let them encourage you. You know, I've been in the ministry since 1981. But before that... I knew I had got called when I was 14 years old. And what I used to do, I used to get a little tape, those old type tape players. And when nobody was in the house, I would turn on the tape player and I would preach uh, by myself in the house. And then I would take that tape and I would take it to my mom and i say, Mom, when I'm not around, I want you to listen to it. And then I want you to tell me what you think. And so I would leave and go to work. And the next day, my mom would put the tape in the tape player and listen to it. And then later on, she says, "Hun, I'll listen to your tape. And then she would either tell me some things that need to change or different stuff like that. But you need to learn to speak into people's life, especially your children. Amen. Now, I want to show you something in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And this is a guideline for mothers and fathers, but I want to do it for mothers today. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter one, verse two, he says to Timothy, my beloved son, 
Another translation says, my, my dear son, or to the son that I love much. How many of you know, Paul was telling Timothy at a time where his church had split in the middle and he had lost half of his people. He was going through a very discouraging time and he needed to hear love from someone that knew him who wanted to impart into his life. How many of you know it says, my beloved son, the son, my child who I love. How many of you know, mothers, your children cannot hear I love you um, enough no matter how old or how young they are. Amen. They cannot hear enough that they love you. And then it goes on to say, and you need to write this next part down. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So many times I have mothers ask me, how do I pray for my child? What can I pray for my child? Well, first of all, here we have an example. Pray for the grace of God to better sustain them in their temptation in their addiction, or any other problem that they're going through, pray for the grace of God. Pray for the mercy. Shout out, mamas. Mercy! Lord, I pray for mercy over my child in the name of Jesus, over my daughter, my son, my grandchildren. You pray for mercy, but then also you pray for peace. Why is my child going in that direction? Why is she hanging out with those type of boys or those type of girls? Why are they being pulled in different directions? How many of you know every day you need to pray? Every day we need to pray for the grace, the mercy, and the peace of God over our children. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, I thank you, God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now, here's a spiritual father who has a heart for his son who's going through some things. He's saying, I'm praying for you. I remember you. I am continually, you are in my conscience. I'm continually praying for you. And so, you know, some people say, you know, I'm going to quit praying for my child. No, Paul says, I'm going to continue without ceasing. Remember you in my prayers night and day. And then it goes on to say, greatly desiring, greatly desiring, being filled with joy, and when I call to, re- it says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. Mindful of your tears. How many of you know that we can get involved with our children's lives and find out what's bothering them and what's hurting them? Unmindful of what's making you cry. You hear a child so many times, Dad, I'm going through this. Mom, I'm going through this. Will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. You'll be okay. So many times a child will come to you and they'll tell you something and we'll just want to send them off. Yeah, 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 you'll be okay. Uh Uh-uh. You know what? Son, I'm mindful that you're hurting right now. So many times a dad would tell a son, Oh, just suck it up, boy. Just be a man. But Paul's telling this grown man, who, by the way, ended up being the topic of two letters in the New Testament and evangelized India, and was a martyr for God, he would have never done any of those things if he wouldn't have had a mother and a grandmother who deposited something in him that later on a spiritual father came and stirred it up. He says, I'm sensitive to your tears. I'm sensitive to your needs. I'm sensitive to your hurts. And that's what he's saying here. I'm mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. The genuine faith which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, for God has not given you the spirit of fear. There's another key point to pray over your child. 
you got kids growing up and they're hearing all the things at school about what could happen and, and the wars. And, and I remember when I was a child growing up during the Vietnam time that everybody was talking about the bombs and, and this happening and that happening and kids were scared and, and all this type of stuff. You need to pray that, and pray for them that they do not have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen, church. Power, love, and a sound mind. My child's not timid. My child's not insecure. My child's not a coward. My child's not going to bend up under the pressure of this time because God has not given him the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But what I want you to see in that scripture is that when a mom and a grandmother especially can tag team. You know, I've noticed a difference in my boys by not having a grandfather. Their grandfathers, both of them deceased. And I notice a difference between children who have a grandfather and those who don't. There's an emptiness. There's a void. There's an area that has not been touched. And I want to encourage the daughters and the mothers to tag team and, and to minister and to impart into the children. But it says here, I know that your grandmother and your mother imparted some word into you. I know it's inside of you. So I want you to know you've got to stir up that gift that's been put on the inside of you. You're not going to fall through this. You're not going to fail through this. You're, you're going to have a comeback. And God is going to use you in a mighty way. But remember, what your parents, what your mother installed, what she spoke, what she spoke into your life, that seed of the word of God is still in you. You need to remember that a mother is not just speaking a word of her own, but when she takes the word of God and she's speaking the word of God into her child, God stands behind that word to make sure that that word over your child is not going to return void. And that you've got to remember that we see through the eyes of faith. And even though your child may be off in rebellion, off in sin, or in some area that they shouldn't be in, maybe you found out your teenage daughter is practicing sex and is just torn you up, but you've got to decide, I'm going to look through the eyes of faith, and I'm going to know that the word that I spoke into her life is going to shake her up in the back seat of that car, or wherever she is, and the conviction of God is going to come upon her, and she's going to start shaking under the power of God, and she's going to turn to that boy and say, in the name of Jesus, stop it right now. I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to yield to this, because there's something inside of me that's not allowing me to do it. It happened to me, it's going, it can happen to you, and it would happen to your children. And I speak it forth in the name of Jesus. And how many mothers can shout, Amen? Amen. Come on, get mad, women. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see, you've got to stir it up. But he said something, there's something transparent, there's something real into you that they have invested into your life. Someone said, treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is. But treat a man as he can be, and he will become as he can, and he should be. Just keep speaking. You are a virtuous woman. You are a godly man. You're an intelligent person. You're victorious. You're an overcomer. You're intelligent. You're going to graduate with high honors. You're going to be blessed in everything you do. Speak the blessings of God over their life. How many of you ever heard the story about Thomas Edison? The teacher wrote his mother one day and said, I can't help your child anymore. He, his teacher sent a home note and says, your child, this is what they, this teacher wrote about Thomas Edison to his mother. Your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. I think my mom got a letter like that. <laughs> your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. Listen what she, she, the mother wrote back. You just don't understand my boy. 
I will teach him myself. Listen to what Edison wrote in his autobiography years later. My mother cast over me an influence that has lasted all of my life. The good effects in her early training I can never lose. If I had been, if it had not been for her faith in me at critical time in my experience, I should have never become an inventor. Her firmness, her sweetness, and her goodness were potent powers to keep me on the right path. My mother was the making of me. How many of you know that no matter what people have said about your child or no matter what type of man has spoke over you saying what type of a bad mother or bad influencer or whatever you've been in the past, after today, that is going to be broken over you and you need to arise and know that your child is going to be great because you're a great mother. There's so many I know that are hurting because they feel like they're not a great mother. But God wants you to know that God, the Spirit of God is going to help you raise His children. Amen? You know, I was going to play another video, but we don't have time. But there's a group in the 50s called the Shirelles. And they used to sing, Mama told me there was going to be days like this. How many of you know that when your child comes up to you, how many know not everybody's going to treat your baby as your baby? How many of you know when they get in that real, real world, there's going to be some things happen and there's going to be some things happen in relationships and on jobs and on decisions. But they better need to tell, you need to be able to tell them, son, I've raised you because I've raised you and I've told you that things are going to happen because when they do happen and you fall, I want you to be the type to get back up. I want you to know that hard times are going to come, but you're going to be able to get back up and you're going to be able to overcome and you're going to be able to win and you're going to be able to make it in Jesus' name. Amen, moms. Because, you know, just like the uh, water boy's mom, that mom had some influence on his life. Well, you know, when my wife and I went to Belize, I was 19 and she was 17. And we went and worked with a missionary down there. He was a pretty rough guy. And he would make me uh, start. We were building a schoolhouse. And I had to get a sledgehammer to break rocks because we were building a schoolhouse. So we had to break the rocks ourselves. And he would sleep to 930, 10. But I had to be there at 530 in the morning in the tropical jungle heat. Building this school and, and I was pull, you had to pull water up with a rope and a bucket. And so he had me working from 5.30 in the morning to about 6 that afternoon. Then I'd have to go preach eight services a week during the week. And so it was a full schedule. And when we got married, I had a 28 waist. But living in the jungle, I got even skinnier than that. And my mom came after six months. My mom and dad came to visit. And when my mom saw me and how skinny I was... My mom wasn't a confrontational person, but when she saw that, she went to that missionary. And I wasn't around. I didn't know this was happening. And she got into him. And later on, the missionary, he says, boy, you got your mom on me, didn't you? I said, what happened? He says, I'll tell you what happened. You don't have to come at 530 in the morning anymore. There was a lot of big changes there. But I tell you what, all it takes, hallelujah for a mama, who probably kept me from dying. But you got to speak up. And he told me, he says, you're a mama's boy. Yeah, I'm a mama's boy. And thank God, mama just saved my life. Hallelujah. Amen. But and uh, mama, mamas will help you overcome. Now, there's another point here. Grandmothers and mothers are huge depositors. What do we deposit? John 2, 5. Teach them what was Mary's last recorded words were. Do what Jesus said. Amen? Do what Jesus said. Let that voice be a part of their lifestyle. 
Now, I want to just share something with you before we close. How many of you know God made you a vessel of honor? He made you somebody special. He made you without imperfections. In fact, women are carriers of the glory. You're carriers of the glory. And there's, there's no imperfections, there's no flaws. But you know, people start trying to put you in how they want you and under their circumstances. And they want to make you and they hurt you and they use you and they abuse you. And before you know it, you're living a life not for yourself, And the vessel's broken. The vessel's broken. How can God put together what's been broken? And what I want to bring this down to, the reason mothers don't have more of a voice is because you're broken. You've allowed what people say about your appearance to affect you. Every time someone's told you, Something or you've thought to yourself, I wish I had hair like her. I wish I had tiny hands like her instead of these Olga feet. I wish I had petite hands. I wish I was born with legs like that. You know, women spend $30 billion a year on cosmetics. And the men say... Amen. (laughs) But how many of you know appearance is important to a woman? And you know, so many times you go to the register and you you see those magazines of those perfect-looking women who have miserable lives. And you compare yourself. And every time you compare yourself to another woman, another piece of your life is being shattered. And, and you just keep looking and the appearance just keeps affecting you and affecting you because you've never measured up in the past and you feel like you don't measure up now. And I want to tell you today by the Spirit of God, the Word of God says you're a fragile vessel and God wants to heal you of your hurts. The appearances, what men think when God wants to d- define you and not what others define you being about. Amen? Amen. Feel devalued. No longer any help. Listen to this. Women are like apples. And I want you to pay attention. There's a lot of ladies who who are hurting because they say, I'm believing. I'm a good woman. I'm standing in, in righteousness. Why doesn't God send me a man? Listen to this. Women are like apples. The best are at the top of the trees. Most men are afraid to climb to get it. For the fear of falling and getting hurt. So they take the tap, the apple that has fallen down and is bruised and not as good, but easy to reach. The apples at the top, listen now, the apples at the top are thinking something is wrong with them. When in reality, they're amazing. They just have to wait for the right man to come along, the one who is brave enough to climb up all the way to the top 
of the tree. Amen? Amen? These men who have a fear of commitment, they'll just... Somebody who wants it easy. But like Guy Ellis became Zacchaeus and climbed to the top of the tree for Christy. She waited a number of years, but she wasn't going to allow herself to be an easy picking, but the right picking. Amen. Now, men, wait a minute. Men are like fine wine. They begin as grapes, and it's up to the women to stomp the beep out of them until they turn into something acceptable to dine with. (laughs) You've got to let Jesus be the main definer on who you are. Oprah, Dr. Phil, the magazines, TV, that's not what defines you as a mother and as a wife and as a woman. Those are things that shatter you to steal your voice from instilling a gift to cause your child to go forward in the things of God. Amen? Kids are hurt. For example, you hear of a mother, oh, it's all my fault. Little Johnny fell off the tree and broke his, broke his arm. Yeah. So you went to the tree and shook the tree till he fell out and broke his arm. So many times you hear a mother say, my child is sick. I'm such a bad mother. My child is hurt. I'm such a bad mother. And you immediately blame yourself for everything that happens to your child. And it causes a complex to grow. And if you're not careful, you go years through life. Everything wrong that happens to your child, it's my fault because I'm the mom. Because the old school told you that if they're not perfect, you're doing something wrong as a mother. If they're sick, you're not feeding them right. If they're not doing good in school, you're not working with them enough. And you just try hard, harder and harder to get the most perfect kids. And when they don't come out perfect and something's going wrong, it's so easy to blame yourself. For example, what you see at the grocery stores is when a mother with her kids come behind another mother with her kids at the, to, to pay for the stuff. And her little freaks <laughs> take off and start grabbing and throwing things. But And the lady in front of her, has this ever happened to you? It did happen to us. The lady in front of her has two little children and they're perfect little angels. And your kids is goofing up and you're telling them to stop and this mama's kids is, is being great and she's looking at you like, oh, you're such a bad mother. Those children just reveal what type of woman you are. Children will be children. And we don't allow ourselves the grace or the mercy or the peace to rule our hearts and lives. Now, I'm not saying just let them be devils and let them run loose. But you know what? Some days the best of kids are going to be kids. And, you know, we are so quick to... as uh, uh, We. You as mothers are so quick to blame yourselves and, and just say, I'm guilty, I'm hurt. My, for example, you go to people's house and you go in their house and they go, Oh, pastor, my house is so dirty. Oh, and they go and there's one toy in the living room. Oh my God, the toys are left out. 
My God, you got kids. Or some people, you got a dog. You're going to have toys out. It's, it, I could eat off your floor and you're still going to say, my house is so dirty. You live, not that you're supposed to live dirty, but listen, you've got to understand, if you're not careful, you're going to live a shattered life. Shattered. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom. My house is dirty. My kids are a mess. Nothing, no, no, nothing's going right right now. I'm just messing up as a woman. And you just break down. And what can God pour the glory in? What can God pour the, the, the vessel in? Hmm? What can He get in? So you know what happens? When you don't live according to the design of Jesus, you disconnect and you get out of harmony with the Spirit. And listen, mothers, when you get disconnected from the Spirit of God, you're going to feel tired and exhausted for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you're always worrying about how you can be a better wife, how to be a better mother, and, and, and I know you want to, and you are, but you've got to realize you are who you are. You have the temperament and the personality you were born with. You've got the feet, the legs, the hands, the hair, the eyes, the mouth, the nose. You've got what you have. You're beautiful and He married you because you were beautiful. And men, you need to tell them how beautiful they are because what you can do is you can take what is shattered and allow the Spirit of God to make something beautiful that can carry the glory of God. Now, I wanted to get through with this because there's something I want to do. I've never done this, and I know it's going to be disorganized, and I know y'all want to eat, but listen, we don't have service tonight, so just be patient. But listen, there's something that has to happen in some hearts and lives here today. I want to ask all the men, married and unmarried, I want to ask all the men to line up along the walls, and all the women to stay where you are, and all the men, right now, if you don't mind, please, line up against the walls, come stand up front, stand in the back, let's circle, let's circle these ladies today. Let's circle these ladies as their husbands and their brothers. And we're going to pray for them. Hallelujah. Ladies, y'all are encircled by men. Don't you feel honored? And ladies, we are sorry for the hurts and the pains that you've gone through, through man, whether it was a husband or a father, an uncle, a brother, or a boss. And on behalf of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I ask you this day, this Mother's Day, to forgive us and every man who's ever harmed you, hurt you, used you, abused you in any way, would you please forgive us? And would you please allow it to be thrown into the bottom of the sea so that God can start a healing process in your life? Will you forgive us, please? Will you forgive us? Now, man, would you raise your hands towards these ladies? And not only for your own wife and daughter, but would you just pray also for your sisters in the Lord 
who are covered by the blood of Jesus, would you just start praying for every woman in this place right now? Just start praying a blessing over them right now. Just start praying a blessing. Pray for their health. Father, we pray for their health. We ask you to touch their natural bodies and every organ. We ask you to keep them free from diseases and from any form of cancerous cells and cancer, any barrenness, any problem of the womb. We just plead the blood of Jesus over their physical bodies. We just plead the blood of Jesus and pray the anointing over their minds, their hearts, and their souls. We pray right now and we thank you for the the female. We thank you for the women here, the mothers and the grandmothers and the sisters and the girls right now. We pray a hedge of protection on them. We pray that they are protected from the abusiveness and the compare of comparisons and, and, and the hurt words from even close family members, maybe mothers or mother-in-laws and never feeling like they're mount, they amount up or they're good enough and never doing good enough. And we just come against the pressure that comes against mothers and wives and, 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 and women in this hour. We come against the fear of the financial situation, the fear of the future. We come against fear of losing their husband or their marriage. We just pray right now for every marriage represented here. And we ask you to bless the man and the woman, Lord. We pray that you bless their communion and their time together. Bless him, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless every woman who is here right now, who is believing you for a mate, who is lonely. We ask you to cover them from loneliness and cover them from disappointments. And Lord, just let them know that they are the type of apples that are at the top. They're the best of of everything. And it's just going to take the right man to come who is willing to sacrifice to reach and, and, and complete them. Father, we pray for peace. We pray for joy. We pray for health. We pray for love. We pray for acceptance. We pray for healing. Healing. And every one of these daughters, women, wives, and mothers, we pray for every woman who has been shattered, who is broken. We pray for every shattered image. We pray for everyone who has been shattered and hurt in their lives that you, you don't glue the pieces together. You make it all new. That they may see the image you define them as. Father, we bless them this day as you have spoken in your word in their spirit and in their souls and in their bodies. And we thank you for these ladies, these virtuous women, and we bless them this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the ladies a hand, guys. Hallelujah. Give them a big hand. We bless you, ladies. Y'all are so precious and unique. This is a safe place. That's why we're doing this. Now, ladies... We need y'all to pray for us. So would you raise your hands and would y'all pray and bless us that we will be sensitive and we'll be willing to be the type of husband, mate, and covering and friend that we need to be. Would y'all pray for us, please?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We receive it, right, men? Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for praying for us. Guys, thank you all so much. Y'all can go back to your seats. Thank you, guys. Now, this was a total different type of a service, and it was a lot of parts, but I I had to give you what I felt I had to give you in my heart. And I want you to believe that you got some healing, some release, some peace. Because, ladies, you are special, and God wants your body to be at peace and you to be at peace at yourself. But with every head bowed and every eye closed,